podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to GigPod 118. It's a GigPod Chats to, which, as far as I'm aware, is the first since January. But this is well worth waiting for. We've only went and got the Highlander back on GigPod. I am of course referring to Big John Henderson himself. John, I'm very sorry that Rizzo isn't involved this time, but I can assure you this should still be a good laugh. How's things? Aye, things are going well, aye. Obviously, we've won the league and we're all happy that way. But that's is going well as well. I'm playing well. Uh, hopefully, I can start creeping up those rankings. That's the plan anyway. And uh, just doing a lot of practice, getting ready for the, the World Cup next week. This is my second run at this, where I recorded half a podcast and then my wee app went and froze. So, it's good to know that even though Rizzo isn't on, um, there's still an idiot being the host here in GigPod. So, <laughs> last season... You came on to GigPod and you were speaking to Rizzo. You know, it wasn't the most memorable of seasons whatsoever. Obviously, the fans loved it when you and him were chatting away. He's a massive darts fan. Him being able to speak to you was massive and I think the fans realised that. But, you know, it was such a standout in what was a disappointing campaign for Celtic last season. But then you look at the transformation. We've got you back on now after the season we've just had. It was so exciting, so enjoyable. And just overall, John, it's just been night and day from last summer to this summer, hasn't it? Ah, oh, it has been. It's was. Uh, it's it has been a great season after obviously the disappointment of last year. Uh, obviously, I'm just come in there and he's actually sorted it out, which is it's absolutely fantastic because he had a big, big rebuilding job to do there. So the, the job that he's done has been absolutely fantastic. As I say, uh, the last year was it was. I'm not going to say depressing, but it was very low and, and, all, and all the Celtic fans. But uh, but no, no, he, I'm just convinced on that round. And I think uh, even when it, I do believe in Celtic are playing well, it, it brings, gives me a lift as well. So hopefully when I can go to the World Cup next week uh, and can do the Celtic thing and, and get this win. I remember when we had you on, I think even in that show, you would refer to Eddie Howe a couple of times. I think everyone connected with Celtic expected Eddie Howe to take the job now we know what happened and then Ange came in what was your initial feelings when Ange Postacoglu took over as Celtic manager? I I think when, well, everybody thought who? And obviously I'm no one for checking out in the J League or the Australian League it's something I don't follow but uh, obviously we were all disappointed I think in a sense when Eddie didn't come Eddie Howe didn't come but Ange comes, he's come in there and He's just absolutely been an absolutely amazing. What a turnaround he's done. The, the man is a genius as far as I'm concerned now. It's easy to say that now, but oh, he's just come in. He's, he's brought in his own new ideas. He's got his own players in. Uh, the Japanese guys that have come in have been an inspiration. They've showed it. The three of them have come in there, obviously, the four of them actually. And, and I think he's given Roderick a, a, a new lease of life. He's given a lot of players a lease of life. McGregor's been fantastic. So, I think he's been a massive, massive influence in that team and, and long may it continue into the, as he says, we never stop. And I do believe that next year will be bigger and better. So let's hopefully. Getting back to Celtic Park was just such a massive lift for everyone and obviously we couldn't do that. Were you able to get to many games to see Andrew and the team last season, John? 
know as many as I would have liked it. I got to a few of the European nights because through the week, but the weekends are well, we are busy with the weekends for the dark, so I, I, I don't get as many as I would like to. I got to a few. I got to a couple of important games near the end of the season, uh, like well, obviously the Rangers 3-0 game. I got to that one, so that was pleasing to be able to see that one. But uh, I've been a season ticket holder for 30 years, 30 plus years now, and something I'll, I'll never, I'll never give up whether I see them or no. But uh, but no, as I say, we're, we're busy with the darts because we're getting back to like a mere normality. So it's kind of it, I, I do miss a lot of games, but uh, I still have watch it on my phone when I can with the online ticket thing. So. I never miss money games, but I'd love to beat Parkview more often. Like, so. Out of all the games you got to last season, that game where we dubbed Rangers 3-0 must have been the standout for you. Definitely, it was fantastic. Tarty scored the goal, then he scored again, and I bothered it, and I fouled it. It was just fantastic. And it just, that's the way Celtic, that's how Andy's got them playing. Attacking fit, but Rangers didn't have an answer for it. So it was good for that. It's good to see them play well again. And... Uh, Obviously, every game beating Rangers, beating anyone, but beating Rangers three 0 that was pleasing. So that would be the standout game for me. Obviously, the the, the Hearts game at the end, obviously for, for other reasons as well. But uh, no, I would say that all for them was a standout for me, the three 0 game. You sit up in the North Stand upper, and you've been there for numerous years now, haven't you? I am up in North Stand four 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 uh, area four four four. I used to start with being the Lisbon Lions end when I first got my season ticket. Uh, the, uh, I met my wife and uh, I luckily swapped my, my, my chair to set aside her so we can go to the games together. So it, it's nice, like, it's a great seat. I would sit anywhere in that ground, like, but no, it's a nice view. It's a good seat. Nice guys around about as well. I've gotten to know them over a number of years, so it's, it's all good. Like, I love it. Does your wife get a bit fed up with all that attention you must get at all the Celtic Park games, though? I think she's used to it now, Ken, obviously. There's a lot of them from Oakler and... Uh, Oh, could you take my photo with a big man and all that? So, but I get used to it, but I, I can understand she does, like, so, but, uh, oh, no, it, it's all good. She, she, she's part and parcel of the job. Uh, she gets used to it, but she loves to see me getting the attention. And obviously, if I'm not getting the attention, I'm not doing my job right. So, but no, it's all good. It's all good. You're just very lucky, John, that you've never met Rizzo uh, at Celtic Park. That is a, that's a relief for everyone concerned, I have to say, honestly. <laughs> John, you're also talking off air about your favourite player of the season. I think for myself, you know, my favourite player is obviously JJ, but I think the most important Celtic player of last season under Ange was undoubtedly Callum McGregor. Um, I think you also share the same feelings with that, don't you? Aye, definitely. As I said, some of Ange's sidings have been great. Carter Vickers was steady at the back, obviously. He's been played a couple of Welsh then, obviously, Starfield. Uh, uh, Jota's had a great year. Piogo is obviously Piogo. He did this his thing. Abada as well, but uh, my standout has got to be McGregor. He's the big big thing for him this year. Obviously, with Scott Brown stepping down, leaving on, and the captaincy being handed to Callum. Big 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 ask. But I think he handled it well. I think he's the he's the glue that holds that team together. And as far as I'm concerned, he was my my player of the year. But I, I couldn't be mile maybe. Yeah, I couldn't be mile, but by a far away like. And it was Callum McGregor who transformed that game where you were on the pitch at half-time when we were playing Hearts. Now we were trailing 1-0 and we were looking lost. Callum McGregor then ends up up in his game, dominates the midfield, had a marauding run down the left, creates a chance, and then Celtic started getting confidence after that. So, yeah, that was the moment for me where I think Callum McGregor really sort of galvanised the team and that was the match that you were 
on the pitch at half time. So, John, I'll give you a moment there. I know this was a massive uh, day for you. And also, you've got a funny story um, at half time as well. But when Celtic were trailing 1 0 at the time, you said to your wife that you were not wanting to go on the pitch at half time. Um, and thankfully, down to Daisa Maeda and then Kyogo, you got your wish. You went on to Celtic Park where you was 2 1 up. There was a party atmosphere. You must have been so buzzing at that. Oh, it was, it was brilliant. I always remember him sitting there thinking, of 45 minutes, I'm actually walking on that park. This is it, start the game. And then three minutes into the game, <laughs> uh, half scored. And I'm thinking, I, I turn to my wife and say, I hope I'm not going on that park getting beat. Because obviously, with that party atmosphere, as you said earlier on, uh, so obviously when we then, uh, got the goals to make it 2-1 in half time, and then I walked on and it was absolutely buzzing. I've never heard nothing like it. Uh, they actually played... Celtic played the PDC tune, the darts tune, and they all got involved with that, which was just shows you how much people now watch the darts. So, but no, the reception I got was just out of this world. Uh, to say we're the best fans in the world, they just proved that they are. But the, the welcome I got on that because I've, I watched John Higgins as a years ago when he won the World Snooker Championship, and uh, he came out with the World Trophy. And it's something I always wanted to do. So. To be able to do that, it was just a dream come true for me. Like, what was funny about that game? I was there with Rizzo, John, and I'm not even joking here. Like, see when it was announced that you were coming on the pitch at half time, he reacted to that more than what he did when Maeda made it one each, or Kyogo made it two one. I'm not even joking; it was mental. But that was the thing; it came by surprise because he didn't have a clue you were coming on the pitch at Celtic Park, and a lot of the darts fans that he's pals with and that were both sort of pals with didn't know either. Like, was it a total surprise as well? Like, who organised it and how long were you in to know about it? Well, I remember about 10 years ago, I did the, well, nine years ago, I did the Paradise Winfall Brot halftime with Joe Miller. And uh, so well, my wife sorted that one out. And I think when we got the World Cup trophy, uh, it was uh, obviously the pandemic. Some of the fans weren't getting in at that time. And I think it's something that my wife knew that I always wanted to do. So... I think it was three days before the game that I actually she told me that it was going to be happening. So you hear from you need to wear some decent trousers now that I know just your jeans, but it could have been the director's box. So to get that news, it was just oh, absolutely brilliant. So, so I can I kind of thank Celtic enough for letting me giving me the opportunity to do that because they looked after me and uh, I remember standing at the half halfway line just waiting to go on and. Uh, I look back and here's James Forrest. The subs were all coming up, but James Forrest and Nia beat on are walking on and I turned around and we James Forrest just says, uh, All right, big Hendo, how are you doing? And, and I go, Well done in the World Cup and that and so I said, Oh absolutely I've made my day that and I overheard Nia beat on saying, Who is that? And what is that he's holding? And all I could hear James Forrest because oh, that's a big man, he, he won the darts and I could just see him kinda of doing a throw and an arm throw of the darts. Auction and it was so near had no clue, but uh, it was absolutely. I had a real laugh to myself, but no, to get Wee Forest coming up to me and that kind of thinking for that was just fantastic, absolutely brilliant. And Neil Beaton was chased at the club for the disrespect of not knowing who John Henderson was, unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't quite go that far, but <laughs> he maybe would have got a year, a year extension if he knew me. No, I'm not really sure. <laughs> So we're moving on now to you being in the 2022 World Cup of Darts. It's going to be held in Frankfurt. You go in a few days. You are the holder alongside uh, Peter Wright. 
How do you reckon the standard's going to be? Do you think it's going to be a lot harder than last year? I think it will be. The standard in darts in general is getting better. and It's getting better every year. Uh, the averages are going up. And obviously, me and Peter are going over as holders. Uh, kind of about a target on your back. And I knew we just the last few weeks I've been talking to Johnny Clayton and German Price. They're hungry to get their title back. But they're, they're, they're going to have to play well to win it. And we're looking forward to it. We're both playing well. Uh, forms just came at the right time. We both had a kind of dodgy couple of months. But Peter started to find form. I've started to find form. So it's just coming at the right time. So we are going over there. No, no, just to compete. But we're going over there to talk for win it and take it back home. Like so. That's the plan, so what will be, will be, but first and foremost, I'll enjoy it, I'll embrace it, and uh, I'll do my best. Are you going to be wearing the hoops over there? The hoops comes with me everywhere I go, Amazing. so uh, I'll probably have it on at some stage. <laughs> and for the listeners as well, I'm speaking to John right now, and he's doing a me, he's wearing Celtic Adidas gear. What a guy. What a t-shirt, John. Oh, you wouldn't see my wardrobe, it's full. <laughs> every, um, one, every time one comes out, I've got to get it. Oh, Whether I'm, it fits or not, I've got to get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm definitely wanting to talk. That's what I take most of the slaggings for. That's pretty much 90% of my wardrobe, John. Now you're going over with Snakebite. Is he a big football man or does he no bother with it? No, he's not a football fan at all. He doesn't care nothing about football. He's not he's really much into sports, if I'm being honest. Just the darts. Uh, it's something he doesn't talk about. So, But I think he's a, he was born in Livingston, So, but he's he spent a lot of time down in England. I think he left when he was about four or five years old. So, But no, football's not his thing. Uh, he just loves the darts. I think he maybe likes a bit of fishing. But apart from that, no, football's total loss when it comes to the football. Is there any football men in the darts, though? Uh, there's one or two. I we sometimes say some kind of, not arguments, but debates. There's a Joe Cullen and Mark Webster. They're massive, massive Man United fans. And uh, Chris Doby, he's a big Newcastle fan. And Russ Bray, the referee, daft on West Ham. So, but the, the Scottish lads, we've got young Willie Borland and Tammy Menzies. They're talkers of boys. They're, they're big Rangers fans. So, we, we kind of hear a little, a little banter about that. But that's all it is. It's all banter. So, I've got the upper hand this year. Obviously, they're getting to the, the Europa League Cup final. They've kind of got one back on me about the whole Seville thing. But still all about winning the title for me so like, I've got one and up in them for this year but, but it's, 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 good, it's good banter a good friendly banter as far as I'm aware they never actually got a trophy in Seville whereas we got one for winning the title so I don't really know how they can be bragging anymore though <laughs> I know obviously we've got the fair play award for the UEFA as well for the 81,000 fans over there and not one arrest as a greedy greedy individual right I just imagine as being a darts player at these events you must get looked after must be all sorts of buffet and all sorts of bevy put on for you. Am I just imagining things as a like a wild dream scenario, or are you properly looked after by the organisers of these tournaments earlier? I must admit, the, the, the kind of TV tournaments you get more looked after than the floor tournaments. The floor tournaments is just a basic hall with a bar. Uh, obviously, there's no so much drinking gets involved in the darts now. But we'll have a few drink maybe after the the darts is finished. But uh, on the stage, it's obviously just water we drink. Uh, I know it. A lot of people find that hard to believe, but it is only water. But no, we do look after it. It's, it's actually, we're actually a professional sport now, so we get we get treated like professional sportsmen, which is the right way out. Barry Helm, what he's done for darts is just phenomenal. He's, he's made us into a, a working man's pub game into a, a professional sport, big TV spectrum now. So I think we're one of the 
think it'll be the second or third most watched sport on Sky after the football. So it just shows you how big darts have come along. But no, the venues, the, we do get the odd buffet and the, the odd bar, but no, we do get well looked after. Really, we do get well looked after. No, of course, we've made the Champions League. We can be relaxed when it comes to PCs and we don't need to go to Lithuania and all that and daft countries for all these qualifiers. We can actually relax and focus on the team, deal with the league, uh, you know, make good ground in that and then deal with Europe. How do you think it's going to go next season? More of the same? Do you trust the manager to buy in the right players? I do believe that, well, what he did for last year, I think, as he says, we never stop. We'll make it better, bigger. And I do believe that. Uh, I know he's got a couple of loan deals he's got a trend store to make him permanent as in obviously Jota and Carter Vickers uh, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of faces going out as is obviously Roderick and Beaton already gone uh, Barkas I believe is gone as well in loan so there's, there's a couple of areas he's going to have to strengthen uh, uh, I do believe he'll get the right people in he's proved it last year and I'm sure he'll prove it again this year so I think it's, we haven't got the Champions League co-offers as you say to worry about we can straight into the league so that'll be good so uh, and I think that, that having guaranteed Champions League might entice bigger name players to come to Celtic Park. So it all stands dead for a really good season. Looking forward to it. And I hope Ange brings it home again. Nice to hear that, John. And also from Gigpod, all we can say is good luck over in Frankfurt. And we hope that you retain that trophy. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. It means a lot. And also, genuinely here, I really hope that Rizzo never bumps into you next season or in future seasons at Celtic <laughs> Park. I don't think you are prepared for the hassle you're going to get, so let's hope that day never happens, John. But um, oh, I'll look, I'll look forward to the test for him. <laughs> again, thanks so much for coming on to GigPod One One Eight, and thanks for giving up your time this week. And once again, good luck in Germany. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Podcast Network.